It was a bad, bad weekend for the Charlotte Hornets. How do they get better? Is it time for them to make changes to the starting lineup? Does it press the need for a trade? We talk about all of that today on Locked On Hornets. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Check them out at prizepicks.com. You can check us out on Twitter at WalkerMail at Doug Branson, LOH, and the show handles on Twitter, at Lockdown Hornets. Also, watch us on YouTube, where we're going to have a bunch of disappointing faces between the both of us watching the Hornets this weekend. Lockdown Hornets getting closer to 500 subscribers to only add to the humiliation of us being on video. We're going to wear the B-seats soon, or the B-suits soon, not the B-seats, the B-suits soon, and then we're going to maybe, if we get to 1,000 subscribers, paint our face purple and teal like I don't know if you're going teal I'm going purple vice versa both at the same time but a lot of humiliating things surrounding this team right now based on what they did this weekend I mean Doug I don't know where you want to start it's all bad they lost to the Phoenix Suns last night 137 to 106 they lost to Portland a couple of days earlier they are going to face Utah, who is on fire. They're playing like one of the best teams, maybe the best team in the NBA right now. Top five in some categories defensively. Number one, offensive efficiency, extremely good defensively. Like they're doing the same Utah Jazz thing from the last few seasons, being one of the best regular season teams in all of the NBA. And then you have to go to the high altitude, second night of a back-to-back out west. It does not look good. It seems pretty improbable, impossible to win for Charlotte. Things are bad now, and Charlotte's 500 after this loss to uh, Phoenix. They're 16 and 16, and the defense has just been downright atrocious. It is as shameful, Walker, as it is inexplicable because they are fully healthy. They have their full complement of players. Yes, they have a big hole in this roster that we've talked about all season and not having any kind of defensive presence at the center position, but to me, I don't think that's a big enough excuse to explain away all of the defensive issues that they've had over the past two games and really over a large part of this season. I'm wearing all black today. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, you see (laughs) that. If you're listening, you don't. I'm wearing all black today because I'm mourning this uh, the the uh, resilient baby bees that I've come to love this season, the team that without five players was able to both play def- defense effectively at times, but also just hang with teams offensively. They're not shooting the basketball well. They're letting the offensive struggles leak into the defense, and it's shameful. Walker, I had my Christmas hat. I was ready to get into the Christmas spirit. I had my Christmas Hornets hat ready to go for this episode, and you I said, no, no. Mm-hmm. I am mourning the fact that my baby bees have completely died. It's unfortunate because this was supposed to be the exciting part. This was supposed to be, oh, goodness gracious, we survived all the turmoil that came with the COVID health and safety protocols, and we get everybody back, and now we're supposed to reap the benefits of surviving that scare that we had. And now it's just worse. And if you wanted to, you could argue that there's some rust offensively for LaMelo Ball, who didn't play for a while, That's the only reason he makes two shots last night. 
Same thing for Terry, even though he came back, you know, scored 20 points his first game back. Wasn't awful shooting from the field, but has since then kind of dipped in efficiency once again. They couldn't shoot at all against Phoenix. And so, okay, offensively, it was pretty bad. Half of my timeline was complaining about the offense from Charlotte last night. Half of it was complaining about the defense. It's like that that's not a good thing to see. <laughs> when you're not playing well on either side of the ball, especially when you've played well in offense really all season long. But, Doug, it, it's it's clearly the defense we need to focus on because, you know, make or miss league, Charlotte's not going to shoot that poorly constantly from the field. They need to get better. Fine. That, that can have its day. We can destroy them on offense if we want to. But the defense, you talk about shameful. I mean, Doug, it's been shameful all year. And how is it getting worse Coming in to this week, c- coming into this weekend's games against Portland and Phoenix, Kirk Goldsberry had this efficiency chart that had the best offensive teams, best defensive teams, and where they were in the last 15 games. Charlotte was dead last, not by a lot, by the way, in this chart, but they were dead last in defensive efficiency, and they were second in offensive efficiency. That's before 125 to Portland. And 137 to Phoenix in regulation, by the way. No OT, no extra five minutes needed. (laughs) That's all in regulation. And so now after these two games are added, the Hornets are dead last by even a bigger margin, Doug. Uh, Yeah, and their defensive rating, I think, sits at 114 right now. Dead last in the NBA, as you said. But not only are they last in defensive rating for the season – uh, they are last by a margin of two points, which doesn't sound like a lot, but the difference between 29th in the league and 21st in the league is two points. The difference between 21 in the league and 12th in the league in defensive rating is two points. So the fact that they are dead last and by, by a margin of two points to the Sacramento Kings, which the Kings have been terrible at defense forever, is, is just incredible. I said last week, that I thought with the Hornets getting all of their players back, with LaMelo Ball coming back to save the day, that this was going to be the time that the Hornets had the opportunity to put the NBA on notice. I didn't know that it was going to be a two-weeks notice because they have quit. Nice. They have quit playing defense. Like, and it's it's all across the board. It's not one player. I saw, you know, some people saying, well, you know, Cody Martin didn't play. He's, he's in the protocol now. They'll be missing him probably for 10 days. He wasn't playing against Phoenix, but that that's that's not an excuse because it's across the board. It's it's Lamelo Ball. I mean, I saw so many closeouts that weren't made effectively against Portland. Miscommunications between Jalen McDaniels, who's been good on defense this mm-hmm. year, but I've seen miscommunications between him and Kelly. Kelly's okay. been energetic on defense this year. Not the yeah. most aware guy in the world, but but there's now been a breakdown of both awareness and energy. And, 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 and it starts at the very beginning of the game. This isn't a situation where they come ready to play and then there's a let up in the third quarter. They get a little bit of a lead at halftime and you come out and you're a little sloppy. I don't, I don't know that that's any more excusable, but I think it would be more understandable than what we're seeing game to game, which is they suit up, they hear the national anthem, and then they come out completely flat, not ready to go. That's a reflection of the pride that these players take in playing defense, and it's a reflection, I think, of also the coaching. You have to put it on that. Get these guys ready to play. Make a ch- And if they're not ready to play, make a change. In the first quarters against Portland and Phoenix, they allowed Ooh. 41 points to the Trailblazers, 
who have not been very good this year. It's been pretty bad for them. They've been pretty terrible. They allowed 41 points to the Trailblazers in the first quarter. They allowed 37 points to Phoenix in the first quarter. Against Phoenix, didn't get any better. They allowed 32 in the second. They allowed 39 coming out of halftime. So even if you had the best rah-rah speech in the world, even if you had, I I don't know, coming out of the locker room, how you could get worse in the first quarter, but they found a a way to do so, allowing 39 uh, coming out of the locker room there, eventually 137. I mean, it's just a gross amount of points. It's gross against Portland. It's all icky to look at, and I can't expect it to get any better against the best offensive team in the entire NBA tonight. Let's get into some of that game against the Utah Jazz. Can I say say one more thing to close this segment? Sure. Here's two ways you know how bad it's gotten. Number one, you have like the Hornets insiders mentioning it on Twitter. You have Sam Purley. You have our, our guy Wes coming out on Twitter and saying this is this is not good. The defense is not well, playing well. When, when, those, when, when yes, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, when the Hornet. Yeah, you, no, you got it. When the Hornets insiders start to complain, that's when you know it's really bad. Number two, when Ish Smith, Ish Smith comes into the game against Portland in that third quarter and turns the game around that was due for a blowout. It looked like it was going to be a blowout. Ish Smith comes in the third quarter, and he is your defensive spark plug. Ish Smith. I, I mean, look, and honestly, one of the things, you you point to Ish Smith. I was going to take a guess because you t- uh, told me before we started recording, there's one thing I wanted to talk about before uh, we were going to record about why I knew it was going to be bad. I thought that play was going to be PJ Washington picking up Chris Paul full court. <laughs> like James Brago has completely lost it enough to think, okay, I'm going to go super galaxy brain. I'm going to have PJ Washington, who's one of the better defensive players on the team, but pick up Chris Paul of all people full court. And by the way, actually did okay on that. The exchange is there. Chris Paul was licking his lips because he thought he was going to get one on Paul uh, on PJ, but it didn't happen either way. Like you certainly don't want that. And that's what Borrego was throwing out there because nothing else was working. It's really bad. And we'll get into this game against the Utah jazz tonight coming up in the second segment. I do want to discuss something that actually does deserve your time rather than actually watching the Charlotte Hornets attempt to play defense. It's true bill. It's the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions. You don't need one or simply forgot about on average. People save up to 700 $20 a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. And Truebill has over 2 million users and it's helped them save over $100 million. Don't fall for subscription scams anymore. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash NBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash NBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash NBA. Let's get into this game against Utah. Does it press the need for a trade? We'll talk about that next on Locked On Hornets. This is Locked On Hornets. Lamelo yeah. had an awesome dunk last night where he kind of goes to the right shoulder, comes back to the left, finishes, and does the head thing, got, got on you. He loves doing that, right? He's a high-low celebrator. He's going to put it on his head when he dunks on you, and then he's going to tell you how short you are when he scores in the post against you. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. 
You know, you talked about LaMelo not playing well defensively, Doug. I was listening mm-hmm. to the Bill Simmons podcast this weekend. Jackie Mack was on it, and they were discussing some of the Hawks' struggles so far, how offensively they're playing pretty well, but it's been their defense that has betrayed them, and maybe it was this feeling that they've kind of arrived last year after making the Eastern Conference Finals, putting up a decent fight, Trey Young coming into his own, having the success with some of the stardom that he had reached, at least some level of success, and now the defense just isn't there. And I couldn't help but make the parallels to the Charlotte Hornets. Not that they've arrived, not that they had any kind of postseason success last year, but clearly it's not the offense that is a huge problem overall. Last couple of games, they've not been able to hit shots at a frequency that you would like, but defensively, it's been the real problem here. And then you can make even these parallels to a LaMelo and a Trey Young. Trey Young has had moments in his career where he's been maybe even quite literally the worst defender in the entire NBA. LaMelo is not the worst defender in the NBA, but these closeouts, the defensive awareness, it has to get better for him because as you brought up before we started recording, there's not too many guys that can get all the way to a championship if you just don't play any defense and you just forget about that end of the floor completely. And right now we're just not seeing him play well. Now I don't want to pick on LaMelo because Mason Plumlee is still an awful interior defender. You brought up the exchange between Jalen McDaniels and Kelly Oubre. I've mentioned that at least a hundred times on this podcast since Kelly's been a part of this team. Great offensive player really stepped it up in those absences. I can't watch Kelly miscommunicate on a change anymore on a switch on whatever like anytime you see a breakdown I see Kelly too much but offensively he's made up for that in a lot of areas fair enough it's 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 hard to watch now and then when the losses come this way like three of the last four games on this road trip have been embarrassing you know Dallas to start this thing off was it was terrible They get a good win against San Antonio. They still allow, what, 115? They scored 130. It's the only way they could win. I mean, it's it's the worst in the league by a lot, and that's a problem. No, and I think it's it's important to point out, especially for the YouTube commenters, that we're not picking on LaMelo, that the the defensive problems go across the board. But I would say on LaMelo – He's going to have to grow up fast and start to be a leader on the defensive end. And, and we we know he can turn teams over with his defense. We know he has that like crazy anticipation where he can make steals where where other players can't. He he has, but but it's got to be the basics. And, and I don't know. I think there's some things with Lamelo's defense that he's going to need an off off season to figure out. But we but on the closeouts, I mean that's all I'm asking for. Hard closeouts, you know, on, on on these situations where he's given up threes to to Damian Lillard left and right. Like it's just that that's what they need. They need energy defensively and they need it to come from LaMelo Ball. Not Ish Smith, not Terry Rozier, not Miles Bridges. They need to they need it to come from the top. And 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 you were you were dead on. Like not many players are superstars in this league and can make a finals, which I think that's LaMelo's. That feels like what LaMelo wants. That feels like that's his ceiling. You know, he he could be a player that takes a team to the finals. Not going to happen if he can't eventually learn to lock down a player. Yeah, like who, just trying to think of point guards of the last, I don't know, five years or so that have reached the finals. You know, they Chris Paul, he defends. Kyle Lowry, if you want to go with the Heat, he defends. Going to LeBron James and AD. I mean, even if you want 
able to talk like you know at least the stars and then even trying to attribute it to point guard you know they they at least have some kind of awareness on that end of the floor and look Lamelo's in his second year barely so even with right. the amount of games that he's missed this is something where it's going to take even just maturation and growing because he is such a young player and all of that's very true but it's evident it it hurts we have to look everywhere when you allow 130 on the reg <laughs> we gotta look everywhere it's, it's and and lamello is a part of the team and a guy that's come back and 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 hopefully it's rust but you know i mean it, it's been a problem all season long well he needs to hold himself accountable he needs because look he's not going to be they're not going to bench lamello ball uh, that, that's just it's just not nor should they uh, yeah, nor should right. they so that he needs to hold himself accountable. Other players need to hold each other accountable. I was reading this great uh, Rod Boone write up in the Charlotte Observer, and it appears that one of the problems that the Hornets have right now in the locker room is that they just they just like each other too darn much. Yeah. <laughs> like they won't they won't <laughs> criticize. Hey guys, I just a message to the Hornets. This isn't a lodge league, you know, where you go out and play some baseball and come back in and have a few beers. This is the National Basketball Association. These are pros. Like every game counts. Like it's 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 just amazing to me. Like I'm sorry, you know, this is where team chemistry goes a little wrong. This is too. This is what Clifford used to talk about. Where you know Steve Clifford would talk about this all the time. Was like team chemistry. I don't. He didn't really give a damn about team chemistry because it's like go out to dinner if you want, but like come to the court and be ready to play. That's so, that's what the Hornets need right now. They need to hold each other accountable on defense from the very top of the team to the very bottom of the team. They don't need Ish Smith to get out there and be their defensive leader, defensive presence. That's ridiculous. Come on. I'm and, fired up this show. And I don't even disagree with you at all. Just to play devil's advocate or at least shine some beam of light on this, we have seen Miles Bridges be vocal. <laughs> shine, shine some beam of light something, on my black clothing right now. <laughs> something right now, yes. Make, make it a little bit lighter. Something. We have seen Miles Bridges be vocal vocal and Ugh. be praised for being vocal we've seen terry rogier even if you don't agree with the contract he has been a very good leader in a lot of different spots with this team he is viewed as that type of veteran and we've seen them take guys on their back a couple of times hopefully this is one of those instances where it calls for that i do want go ahead if you had something well, else have, to you, say have you seen this have you seen this other quote from the boon <laughs> write up in terms in terms of accountability talking about that james borrego uh, here's the quote from the from the Boone article, which I really uh, encourage you guys to go read. I think it gives some good insights into what's going on right now. Uh, uh, here's the quote. At some level, there's got to be action behind it. We've talked enough about this. There's no more talking here. It's about action. I've got to do something lineup-wise, or they are going to have to figure yeah. that out and go create a better response in the first quarter. So he's he's thinking about it. I mean, he's thinking about doing some kind of lineup change. I just wonder, like, what uh, Walker? What you what want, would, Doug? Talk to me. What would you? you well, what would you do? I'm curious do? about what would, know. I know what I, I know what I want. <laughs> um, I think I think part of this is not having a center to help you anchor the defense. We've gone through that a lot. Mm -hmm. We can talk about whether this is going to put the pressure on Mitch Kupchak to make his first big-time in-season trade on a playoff-mandated season. Maybe you do start to. What, it, what else? This, what else? Can, what it, else is going to do it? it? Like I don't it, know at this point. Like what else do you need to see? It's pretty clear. We've talked about Borrego at times leaving certain lineups on the floor when they're getting annihilated just to make a point. I think points been made <laughs> on that. Well, and and that's true. The thing is, we have seen the Hornets get it together a little bit when they went on that stretch where defensively they were actually playing in the top half but it was like I don't know five ten game sample we have mm -hmm. seen them not allow 120 you know can they get back to that and even just winning you know if if you if you allow 115 but you're winning games it it doesn't 
completely cover up the problem, but it's not as noticeable because you see that W, you see the game separating you from falling below 500, and it doesn't right. make you have the pressure. That's but fine. Fa- what and- lineup change would you wait? I need to know right now who you I mean, subbing out, who you subbing in. The, the obvious one is Mason Plumley out, PJ in. Like that's mm. that's the op- that's the obvious one. Because PJ is clearly better defensively. Like that, if you just want something we've talked about, it, it, Borrego even knows it. Like there's a reason PJ's playing over 20 minutes and then yanking Nick Richards back to the bench, making sure he brings Mason Plumley back to the bench and putting PJ in there. Like there's a reason he's the guy that he'll, you know, will guard Sabonis in the last possession of the game, um, in the fir- in the first game of the season and play pretty well against a guy that's clearly taller and better and offensively skilled. Like he's the guy that you have to go to, <clears throat> but there's also just not enough defenders on this team for you to completely change. And Hey, now they're going to be a top half defensive team like that. That's not possible. Yeah. I mean, that seems like <clears throat> the most obvious one. I'll give you another one here. I would I would entertain moving Kelly Oubre into the starting lineup in place of Terry Rozier. Now, I know what you're going to say to me. Yeah. Kelly Oubre is not going to practically improve your defense. While I agree with you, I don't think that any starting lineup move that Borrego makes at this point, I, I, would, I would even argue P.J. for Plumlee, is really going to, I think, drastically alter your defensive performance. Any change at this point would be performative, would be you know symbolic and saying, hey, a change. We got to make a change here. And so I think maybe changing someone closer to Lamelo Ball because you can't bench Lamelo Ball, but maybe changing so, up the guard <clears throat> position is like a wake up call. Like, hey, let's get it together because it's not just Mason Plumley down low. It starts up top. The defensive issues that the Charlotte Hornets have right now start at the guard position. They a defensive center would help them because it takes pressure off of the guards to defend. But it doesn't solve the fact that neither Terry Rozier nor uh, uh, LaMelo Ball are, are playing good defense at this well, point. Well, and that's fine. I don't think if, if you want to change a guard, it's the guy that's in health and safety protocol right now. You know, is, is that the answer if he's available? Do you well, put you can't Cody? Do that. I'm saying right now the only choice that he has, yeah, maybe you wait until Cody Martin comes back and make that swap instead. That's and, I'm fine with that. I'm just saying right at this moment. And, and I would say, too, if, if the problem is – that their offensive struggles are leaking into their defense. They're missing shots at the beginning of the game, and then they just completely forget to play defense. If you can't solve the root of that issue, then you you could plug in a PJ or a Kelly to say, all right, go hit some shots for us early, get us going, and then everybody plays defense well, by you know domino. I mean, you even talk about the performance of it all. James Borrego is not one to be hesitant to make drastic changes. He is a mad scientist <laughs> when it comes to this, at sometimes the detriment of the team, and sometimes, hey, you find something in this three-guard lineup with Terry and 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 uh, whoever you have as the guards at this point. Obviously, it's changed over the last couple of years. First, Devontae and Terry now it's, you know, LaMelo, Terry, and whoever you might put in the backcourt. Either way, if you want performance only for maybe even the message to be sent as thoroughly as possible, then Cody is that guy because of how many times James Borrego yep. has praised Cody Martin for being a winning player. Things, uh, all great things happen when he's on the floor, more so than Kelly. And so, one, I think it would actually provide some substance with Cody Martin out there in the starting lineup. Two, it would get the message across way more than any other player thinking is man can you imagine giving a guy as much money as you did to terry and then putting cody martin in the starting lineup 
Like I, how do fans but react to that? But so, so, but Walker, that's the message. No, that's I get what it. I'm saying. That's the message. And, and I would say that Borrego has honestly, I think he's waited too long to make some. And, and I get it because of the players that were in and out. He really, he he kind of had his hands tied. But he's been a mad scientist when it comes to minutes. But he hasn't necessarily been a mad scientist when it comes to that starting group. And, and he tries you know, so, like the so, Nick Richard stuff, you know, like the the Vernon Carey stuff. Like I I get it. It's it's more so the center than where he right. puts people in for five minutes and then takes them out in a very weird way. Yeah, it, it's been bad. Um, man, I I keep teasing the the need for a trade. I guess you talked about how it, it's pretty much it's the time is now. But um, you know, we'll see if the Hornets time is if, yesterday. If, if, time if isn't now. Time was. Whenever they could well, possibly make a trade, well, but and that and that's the time that's, was in the off season. Well, that that's the time tr- was two years ago. <laughs> what, when the time the was time? five years ago. Okay. The the time is oh, now. I'm, yesterday, I'm five years up. ago, James Brago should have he should have brought a center with him as soon as he was named. The first thing they should have done in his introductory press conference was say, "Hey, he should have learned. He should have learned how to play center and played center for them." Player coach. We're, we're trading our whole team for Rudy Gobert. Speaking of that guy, he's gonna cause a lot of problems for the Hornets and boy he would be really nice to have for this Hornets team we'll talk about the Utah game maybe a little bit more so in the last segment of this episode not before I talk about Built Bar because I've told you a million times this holiday season you can grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar Built Bar is filled with so much holiday goodness. It's rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calorie, sugar, net carbs, and fat. But it's also high in protein. You get the best of both worlds. It's delicious and it's healthy. The flavors are great. You have the staples where you can just go to the solid chocolate, double chocolate, cherry, cookies, and cream. The limited time flavors, they're back again. I got the ruby chocolate, the puffs, the lemon cheesecake, marshmallow puff. I, I They could just throw anything they want to because the ingredients are so good. And it's good to be my favorite candy bar that day i've got a favorite bar of the day every time i eat one it's it's excellent go to built.com use promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order again built.com promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off of your order if you want to bet the unders on the hornets point total from some of these individual players and if you want to bet the over on the amount of points the hornets will give up i advise you to go to bet online uh, bet online ag bet online has you covered all season i don't know if it's ag anymore bet online they've got you covered all season for more props odds and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus basketball football nhl boxing ufc even right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts let's see if there's any way to win against utah tonight coming up next on the locked on hornets podcast this is locked on hornets Segway, it's called a radio segway. Well, and and I I'm feeling better, by the way. If you didn't notice, I didn't want you know I'm a little bit of a private person, so I don't talk about my health issues often on the show. Um, But when I now I'm healthy, and I think people are going to notice a change in me today. So I just wanted to kind of go ahead and get that out of the way. um, That Doug is unleashed on this show today. So watch out. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Part of what makes these last two games so frustrating, it's the fact that we had discussed 
the Hornets needing to take advantage of the first three contests they were going to have on this road trip. Embarrassing loss against Dallas. Fine. They move on and they show up and they answer against the Spurs. We actually praise them for having a bad game just like every NBA team does throughout the course of a regular season. But they found a way to bounce back. Gordon Hayward, who we had gotten on for not being aggressive enough, he scores 41 points in the absence of some guys that were just starting to kind of trickle back into the lineup and or were going to make their debut the next game, like LaMelo against Portland. And so they go one and one. All we needed was two and four. But then they have a big old goose egg they put out there against the Portland Trailblazers, the other winnable game. Then they were going to get some rest. Hey, maybe they can shock the world and beat one of the best teams in the NBA. But then they allow 41 points to Phoenix. Second night, back-to-back, high altitude, out west against Utah, best offense, top six defense efficiency. I mean, goodness gracious, if there is a bad thing that could happen for the Hornets in this scenario, it is going to happen based on what is there on paper. And that sets them up against another tough opponent after this, Denver, Nikola Jokic. Bad matchup for anybody, but especially a team. You're getting ahead of yourself. Let's take this one. Let's take this one blowout at a time, okay? Just get it all over with. It, it doesn't look good tonight uh, against right. the Utah Jazz. I got to issue an apology uh, to one of our YouTube commenters on the live show's best impact. Uh, I'm sorry, Gordon Hayward. <laughs> Gordon Hayward does not look good, um, and he started to look good. But nothing has been consistent about this offense this year either, really. I mean, other than the fact that they can shoot threes. Um, but, but there have been points – when they haven't really generated the right kind of offense. And, and I think that's been on Hayward, who against Phoenix was 4 of 13, 9 points, 3 assists, 2 rebounds, uh, 26 minutes. And then against Portland was 2 of 8, 6 points, 3 rebounds, 1 assist. I mean, just absent. Um, but it but it also comes down to, I think, Terry Rozier's not shot the ball well, 1 of 10 against Portland, uh, only hit 2 shots against, uh, what was the final line for uh, Terry? 2 of 10, oh, yeah, 0 of 5 bad. from 3. His three-point shooting has gone away. Miles Bridges looked good against Phoenix, 10 of 16, 26 points. But I would say overall with Miles, I feel like, and I don't know if you've seen this too, but lately Miles has like really just sort of gone superhero and, and tried to take the ball inside, either looking for fouls or, or just looking to score. And it's just not happening at the rim for him right now. He's it, Now when other players facilitate for him, it's a little better. But when he's tried to go one-on-one ISO, uh, it's just not it's it's not working <laughs> or it's not working more than it is working. Have you seen that? Yeah, I mean, I think when watching Miles, he's been one of the guys that even if he kind of slumps a little bit and isn't hitting some of those shots, it's never too poor. Like a little sneaky uh, stat for him is the fact that he has shot above 50% in the last three games. The thing is, it's actually the three-point shot that has not been very efficient for him the last three games. He's only taken taken 11 the last three, not averaging a high volume on that, and he hadn't been hitting them when he did take them. In fact, that's kind of been a theme ever since he started to take them on more volume at the beginning of the season he is looking to attack more 26 14 19 the last three games had a 23 and 20 against Sacramento and Philadelphia you know I I actually do think Miles is the guy that I've I've come to depend on more so when things aren't going well offensively but I I get your point like there does seem to be him trying to get to the line a little more it's happened more so than the last couple of years but that's because he's always kind of been bad about that it's just man I mean 
the thing about the Hornets, where you talk about them being inconsistent on offense, it feels weird to say that about a team that is second in offensive efficiency last 15 games and just overall on the NBA season. But I think what happens is you have four guys that can go off offensively, LaMelo, Terry, Gordon, Miles. You just don't see even like three of the four go off in the same game. And that's the, that's why I kind of put San Antonio up there as one of the best wins of the year because everybody had a good game. Now, they didn't have LaMelo, but everybody was scoring really well. Everybody had a good one. But for the most part, when the Hornets were even you know a few games above 500, it would be Gordon and LaMelo having a good one. But Terry wasn't shooting. Remember, we were trying to navigate through that awful start to his season. And then you would have you know one of the other players that you depend on just not having a good one. Like you could get two of four. Maybe you could get three of four. But there was always somebody that had a bad game. And now you're getting Miles playing well. And then LaMelo, Terry, and Gordon can't shoot well. And I think that's the problem. You got to at least have two to get a shot. And you haven't had that. All right, let's talk about Utah. They uh, shoot the ball really well from three. Uh, one of the best. <laughs> One of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. They're third in the league in three-point shooting. The Hornets are second. Um, as you, like you mentioned already in the show, they have the best offense in the league and they have the sixth best defense in the league. I mean, this is this is just going to be a difficult matchup. They they rested uh, Mike Connolly. Looks like he's going to play. He typically plays well against the Hornets. Donovan Mitchell never misses an opportunity to remind the Hornets why they should have drafted him instead of Malik Monk. Uh, so you know he's going to be keyed up for this game. Rudy Gobert. I mean, it's just gonna, he's going to be he's going to be difficult to defend. He's going to be difficult uh, to. Uh, I mean, it's going to be difficult for the Hornets to score inside. It's going to be difficult for them to drive to have any kind of drive and kick game because I think the <laughs> I think Utah understands that uh, th- that the Hornets are going to struggle to score inside against Rudy Gobert. This is going to be a difficult one. You just got to hope, cross your fingers, and hope that uh, that some of these three point shooters that they have. I mean, they've got. I'm looking at these cleaning the glass stats right now. Mike Connolly is on fire from three. Bogdanovich is great. Ingles is great. Royce O'Neal uh, has improved his three-point shooting. Rudy Gay is shooting the ball. For, uh, he doesn't shoot a lot from three, but, I mean, he's shooting uh, really well from three. And Donovan Mitchell is above average three-point shooter. So it's just like, who do you, you know, who do you try to take away? I don't know. Yeah, and and to be fair, you know, we have talked about how Utah was very good. They won eight games, I believe, in a row, but they actually have lost the last two. They lost to the Spurs, one twenty eight to one twenty six, and they got beat by the Wizards, one oh nine to one oh three. And so that's two games in a row for them. Doesn't bode well for the Hornets. You think they're going to get back on track, um, especially at home? But at least they've lost the last two. Maybe the Hornets can exploit something that's been going on with Utah here recently. And I, I do, I do find it interesting, kind of watching the Jazz because. You hear Zach Lowe, you go to the Low Post podcast, and Utah's been such an interesting team the last few years because regular season, they're phenomenal. I mean, they the efficiency, everything you look for, they're great. They have Donovan Mitchell. They have Rudy Gobert. Then they get to the postseason. They're not making conference finals. They're not getting to the finals. You just can't quite get yourself to believe in them because of all the postseason failures despite the regular season success. Defensively, you almost want somebody besides Rudy Gobert to come in and be the star container. Allow, you know, only let the star get maybe his 25 but not explode for 35 in a postseason series. The thing is, they've completely constructed their defensive identity around one of the best defensive centers of all time, according to all the numbers in Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. Hornets aren't just going to go trade for a Rudy Gobert because that that guy doesn't exist. 
But they can, you know, the Miles Turner thing where I think he's allowing something like 43% at the rim. I, that number's, I don't know if that's exact, but he's allowing a very good percentage defensively at the rim. He's always among the league leaders in, in block shots. Guys feel his presence and he can stretch out the, the, uh, the defense on the other end because he's such a better shooter. Like Utah is top six in defensive efficiency simply really because of Rudy Gobert while everybody else can do you know what it best suits them and their defensive strength even though they're not great defenders right like can you get that guy to some level to clean up a lot of the mistakes where maybe Charlotte can just get top 20 defensive efficiency like is yeah. there a guy like that and that that's the kind of comparisons I draw between Utah and and Charlotte Charlotte needs their Rudy Gobert very very light and I, that that's the whole pressing need for a trade. Yeah, two things. One, uh, th- this game I think against Utah is all going to come down to: is there anyone on the Charlotte Hornets roster that will bother to keep Donovan Mitchell from uh, just getting a clear lane um, uh, to the hoop? Like, is anyone going to step in front of him, sacrifice their body, sacrifice some sweat, some blood, some tears, and and try to defend Donovan Mitchell? If the answer is yes, then they've got at least a puncher's chance. If the answer is no, they they'll get blown out. Okay, that's number one. Number two, uh, the way this Hornets roster is currently constructed and with the level of pride that they're playing on defense, which at this point is zero, as a Hornets fan, I don't even I don't know that I want the Hornets to make the playoffs with with the way they're playing right now and with the way the roster is constructed because they will absolutely get annihilated. You, you just have to hope that something changes either in the roster construction or within you know the, their heart and souls, and maybe they maybe they get on each other a little bit more in the in the locker room and start pointing some fingers. Typically, we don't like that. Typically, we're scared of the players only meeting. But I think that's what it's going to take at this point. We need some fingers to start pointing and some pride to start elevating. Uh, otherwise, it's going to be a scary situation. If the Horn- it's going to be the situation that they faced last season when they played Indiana in the play-in game and got absolutely run off the court. We're going to see a replay of that if something doesn't change. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Donovan Mitchell, by the way. I think it's the last 10 games, a nice round number you can look to, where he's just been absolutely on fire. He's averaging 30 points a game. He's shooting well from awesome. the field. He's shooting well from the perimeter. He's been extremely good recently, and you'll see if you can try to contain that how, you know, in any way whatsoever. He's actually that, distributing that, a little like five assists, too. He's been great. Look, if, if they win or lose this game, whatever. I just need to see some pride. Otherwise, they're, they're going to ruin my Christmas spirit. Santa will be canceled if if the Hornets don't figure. Can you wear out. some green and red next show? Like this all black thing, man. I mean, you look like you're bored no, out. No, not until the Hornets show protection. some gumption. That's what I want to see. Gumption. I need to see some gumption on defense. All right, it's locked on Hornets. We appreciate you tuning in and making sure that it's your first listen every single day. Make sure your second listen is Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. We have Nick Carboni from WCNC and our teammate, a part of Tecna, joining us tomorrow. We'll see you then. Have a great rest of your day.